I don't think I'd have officially really applied for a job or a position or anything that I'm doing for a very long time. Genuinely, it's all been kind of through people that I know and connections that I've made and relationships that I know work really well. And I think that you don't have to necessarily worry about what your CV looks like. When I was made redundant, who picked me up? It was the people that I had spoken to and I had a new job without even applying for anything. And I think that's what's really resonated with me hugely was that who got me the job in the first place? It wasn't really me. It was somebody who wanted to help me or put my name forward for something. Welcome to Tangents by Out of Architecture. Out of Architecture is a career consulting firm helping designers apply their incredible talents in untraditional ways. We're highlighting some of our favorite stories from the amazing people we've met along the way. We will hear how they created a unique career path for themselves from the wide variety of skills and talents they developed in and out of architecture. Our guest today is Rachel Hymas, founder of If Not Now Then When, a platform providing resources and support for creative individuals and global brands. Rachel also works with Amazing Creatives as Partnerships Manager at London Design Festival. Here, Rachel share her experiences building meaningful relationships with the people she's met along the way and how that has impacted her life and career. Thank you so much for joining us today, Rachel. Thanks ever so much for inviting me. To be honest, it's a real pleasure, so I'm very excited to talk to you. Me as well. So um, to begin, can you describe yourself in three words? Um, it's always really difficult to describe yourself, and I feel like I actually had to have a little think about this, but I would say that I'm quite a determined person, kind of no matter what's thrown in front of me, I always try to find a way to work with it. So I'd say determined is probably quite a big one. And then I know this is not quite right, but I feel like open-minded, which I'm going to put together as three words. Um, I think being open-minded to different people that come to you and that you work with and also just to different ways of thinking has really helped me in my career. And there's definitely been times where I've thought that I'm right and that actually after speaking with people, you realize that perhaps their experiences, their upbringing, all of these different aspects means that actually you're not completely right. And I think I like to learn from different people and their experiences. So maybe open-minded, I would say, hopefully that's a reflection of who I am because that's who I'd like to be at least. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sure we'll hear how your determinedness and open-mindedness come through in <laughs> the rest of the conversation. And can you share with us a little about what you're up to these days? Yeah, of course. I feel like it's always very difficult to put it in a little nutshell, but I would describe myself currently as a multidisciplinary creative, basically because I get bored easily and I like to be involved in lots of different things. And I think that's kind of where I found myself currently, and it's actually the place that I'm the most comfortable. Currently, I am the founder of If Not Now Then When, which is an entity that two sides. One is that I support young creatives in understanding their career paths because it's taken me a huge amount of time to actually discover that myself. And I still believe that I'm discovering my next steps and kind of where I'm going to, but I feel a lot more comfortable in myself in the place that I am right now. And the way in which I do that is through events, podcasts, and also uh, university lecturing from time to time. The other side is kind of where I support businesses as well and learning about kind of where they want to be in the future from sort of business strategy and also just sort of marketing strategies to really showcase who they truly are. And that's sort of what I do with individuals as well as like 
going down to the deep-rooted element of who you are, what you believe in and what you want to represent and be seen as and kind of trying to find the right box that you should fit in. Although that sounds like a lot of things, I have been doing that and I've met a huge amount of people through that. And one of the people that I'd met through that um, was a really great friend called Brie who uh, introduced me to the team at London Design Festival. And that's where I've been predominantly spending my time since January, uh, the start of this year. And essentially my role there is partnerships where I basically speak to so many incredible creatives from like big brands to small individual companies and like makers, creatives, and basically kind of talk to them about becoming part of the festival and really showcasing what it is that they are and what they want to do and where they want to be in the future. And for me, it was almost like a dream role really to sort of get into that position and be working with such an incredible group of creatives. But then equally, I know that my basis is also, if not now, then when, and I feel really proud of kind of what I've done with that and sort of some of the other conversations that we were saying before was that um, I just love the fact that you can kind of just be whoever you want to be and although this is who I am right now and what I'm doing right now maybe in a month's time it will be completely different and I actually kind of like that and I think beforehand maybe I used to worry about those things whereas now I think I'm a bit more comfortable in accepting change really and sort of seeing going with the wind a little bit more so hopefully that's not an incredibly long-winded answer to your question. No not at all. And I loved hearing this theme throughout all of it about highlighting and showcasing each person for their individualness and really bringing their person out into the world. Where did this come from? I know you have a background in interior design and architecture. How did you get from there to where you are now? I'm very curious because in my previous roles as an architect, I felt the opposite was the case where I was not (laughs) myself in that role. I was trying to fit into this very rigid box. Yeah, I think spitting in the rigid rigid box has kind of been the thing that I've been trying to release myself from a little bit. I think originally architecture has always been something that I was hugely interested in. Funnily enough, the reason why I actually fell into architecture properly was because I went to a house party when I was 18 and I was talking to someone there who was an architect and or at least training to be. And they mentioned that their company was hiring and basically sponsoring Uh, individuals to get an architecture degree and for me that opportunity of working in an office and also having a sponsored degree was a huge thing and I took the opportunity and I think fundamentally on reflection one of the main things that I find about that is that actually the reason why I got that job and the reason why my career went in that direction was through networking although it was at a, a party it was very much like having a conversation with someone having an organic understanding on a certain theme or topic and it completely changed the direction of my life and I think that I've reflected quite a lot on that point of throughout my architectural career there was a lot of people who really helped me or sat me down or kind of like had a moment where they and it doesn't have to happen all the time but I do think having some kind of mentor in whatever shape or form even if it's a fleeting conversation can completely change your direction so for me, architecture was always kind of like the backbone and I really love it as something that I've studied and something that I've been part of. But I think I realized more and more that for me, sort of the psychology of space and the connection with people was always something that I found really interesting. And that's actually when I went into interior design. So I studied that as well after sort of doing my first part of my architecture degree. And I just found so many opportunities, really. It was kind of like twofold. One was like, you'd meet people and I found in interior design there was a lot more kind of events that I found myself 
going to. And I really enjoyed meeting different people within the interior design sphere. But then I equally found, which is kind of why I began with If Not Now, Then When and kind of how it became something was that I realized that the reason why I was being invited to certain things was because I was employed by a certain company, which was incredible, obviously, for me. But there was a lot of people who perhaps wanted access to this world that I'd found myself in, which I was so lucky to have found myself in, but that they couldn't get into it. And that's where, if not now, then when kind of came from originally was like an events company, basically, that would allow people who were graphic designers or actually students or like they really wanted to get into this, but they didn't know how and like giving them access to these really high profile people um, who were speaking about how they'd got to where they were. I found it a really nice balance and that's kind of where it sort of developed from and then I guess the more I got to know people the more opportunities I got and it's sort of I don't know it's sort of a mixture of things really obviously in my career everything's not gone perfectly I've made been made redundant before you know there's obviously been challenges that I've hit but somehow you find yourself sort of snaking through and realizing that there's one common theme and mine was definitely like people and like the mind and kind of how people feel and the sort of psychology of space or kind of more uh, like how you feel about yourself and whether the people, what I found quite interesting was um, at one of the events that I did, I spoke to one of the speakers and they said that they felt quite shy about coming. And I, I'd never, I could never even have envisaged that from someone who was so high profile. Whereas actually on reflection, it's so interesting because it's definitely how you view yourself. So Hopefully that kind of answers what you're asking, but I, I do truly think that the synergy between all of this was that I love creativity and it's always been something that I've been interested in, but I think people is kind of what's linked it all together a little bit more. Yeah. And can you describe your experience with going from one opportunity to the next, following this path of really liking meeting people and these event spaces and also sharing resources with a greater amount of people that you also just wanted to connect people? I find that a lot of people get into architecture because they are following an interest or a passion, but then they discover architecture is actually completely different than what they might have thought <laughs> yeah. or expected the profession to be like. It seems very clear that you knew what you liked and were gravitating towards and wanted to find more of. There's been times where I've just been like, I know that there's something not quite right. And I think that, to be honest, more than me knowing exactly what I've wanted to do, it's more been the case that like, I think every job that I've had, I've learned a lot from, but there's been a lot of progress to kind of get to a point where I feel more like I'm in the right position that I want to be in. There's definitely been times where I've been like, I know there's something wrong and actually definitely started questioning whether or not it was me rather than actually the role. But often it's just sort of like round peg, square hole type of situation where actually you just don't fit. You've tried and you just, it's almost like a feeling. And I think you have to kind of go with it. And I think in those instances, you can't get annoyed with, the company that you're at um, and equally you can't get annoyed with yourself because the industry is incredibly small you have to be very respectful of the companies and the opportunities that you've been given if they're even if they're not right for you because there's been so many things that I've learned from opportunities or things that I've done that maybe were too stressful or they weren't quite right or actually for me being a cab technician for example and sitting in front of a computer all day is not really for me but that doesn't mean that it's wrong completely it's just wrong to you um, so I'd say it's been more of a case of kind of saying thank you for an opportunity and then moving on to a different situation. And like like I've mentioned, I've had times where I have been made redundant from roles. I 
absolutely massively questioned my own capabilities and whether I was good enough and, you know, what I wanted to do next and all of these things. But then equally, there's been times where I've chosen to move on and probably felt the same. Um, and I think it's really natural. And I think it would be a bit odd if you didn't kind of question your next moves and whether or not you were doing the right thing. Because I think otherwise it would be a bit of a blind um, view because there's so many different things you can do. I think equally, one of the things that I've often struggled with that perhaps on reflection, I've realized actually it's more from a place of luck really is that I've had quite a lot of options or opportunities. And there's obviously been a lot that I've really worked for, but there has been a lot of open doors to me along the way. And I think that's a mix of like me being quite lucky with different aspects, but then also that I've been in a position where I have been able to go to university and all of those different things, which a lot of people may not have done. But I've often sort of struggled with the amount of options available, which I've sort of been like, oh God, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. And I think sometimes you have to be quite thankful for the fact that you do have multiple things that you could be doing because a lot of people don't even have one. So I think that's one of the things that I've learned a little bit more is to be a bit more thankful, maybe even of the opportunities that haven't really worked out in the way that maybe I'd hoped that they would in the first place. Actually, my relationship with um, Jake and Erin, who have founded the, the company and the podcast and everything. And I just love the whole concept that architecture is like a backbone, but actually it's the basis for so many things like science and psychology and art and so many. I don't know. It's really exciting, I think, to have that as a basis and then sort of allow it to move and see kind of where you go next. And when you put it like that, I feel like out of architecture, sometimes have different feelings about it because are we leaving the profession are we celebrating the profession which is actually what we do try to do here yeah but I think when you put it that like architecture takes into so many things and we have to do so many things to be an architect but also like the psychology the art the technical aspects there's so many ways to approach it so that if you do pursue a role that is slightly not traditional architecture we're just continuing all the things that amaze ourselves about this profession. And why wouldn't we want to explore that more? Because it probably aligns better to who we are. Exactly. Yeah. And I think that being open to thinking that you've not failed, I think, is another thing. Because I think that's one of the things that often, you know, if you've, I don't know, for example, for myself, my degree is within architecture. I am not an architect. I don't practice architecture every day. I can work on AutoCAD and I can work on Revit. It's been a while, so I'm probably quite slow. I must say that I went through that transition when I was deciding what my next steps were because I didn't know that I wanted my own business. I didn't know that I wanted to be doing sort of event curation and all of these different things that you can do that I didn't even know were available to me really. But I think I did go through that transition of thinking, God, you know, six years, seven years or, you know, <laughs> you think, oh, you know, it's such a long process. But I think it's always going to be the skeleton and backbone of what I do. And I know if, if I want to, if I really, really want to, I can always go back to it. And I think that you've got to kind of remember that, that it's not that it's gone away. It, it's still there and you can press a pause on something to test something else. And it will make you, especially on your CV and things, like it'll make you quite interesting, I think, if you've kind of done various different things. And I think I've learned and met so many interesting people. And I think that now I don't think I have officially really applied for a job or a position or anything that I'm doing for a very long time. Genuinely, it's all been kind of through people that I know and connections that I've made and relationships that I know work really well. And I think that that's a really exciting thing as well is that you don't have to necessarily worry about what your CV looks like. I think actually 
my belief is that when I was made redundant, who picked me up? It was the people that I had spoken to and I had a new job without even applying for anything. And I think that's what's really resonated with me hugely was that who got me the job in the first place? It wasn't really me. It was somebody who wanted to help me or put my name forward for something. And I think that's one of the things that I've really learned is and where I kind of want to give back a little bit more as well is like, actually, there's these young creatives who are probably more talented than I am, to be honest with you, and what they're doing. And actually, if I can introduce them to the right people, then not that I'm doing it necessarily for this case, but you think they could be huge in five, 10 years or something. And actually, like I've been part of that process and I find that quite exciting, really. Yeah, I love all of that. It's just a great reminder. And the way you said it, when you find yourself in a situation that doesn't fit yourself, it kind of feels like you question yourself first. And then it's, it's like, is it me? Is something wrong with me? Like when you feel in those weird situations that, you know, maybe reach out to someone, but it's not you. Find a situation where you feel alive. Just follow those things. So I wanted to remind everybody about that because... You know, when things are good, you, you kind of forget what it's like when things were not so good. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's um, so, so true. So true. Yeah. And I completely agree with what you said after I was laid off from my last job. All my current roles that I'm in now were all from relationships that I've made while at that job and just through people that I've met. So I love how you say that. Yeah. All is not lost when that kind of thing happens, you know. When you compare it to how it is like to get a job in the architecture field, you have to prove yourself so much that you can build an entire building and that you know everything you need to know in a detail. But at the end of the day, it's still kind of those relationships that push you past the other people. So I love this focusing on like creating relationships and getting to know people and know more about them than just sitting in front of a computer all day to like churn out buildings. I think it's really important as well, because even from the business structure of an architectural practice, like, for example, if you decided you wanted to find your own, like be a founder of an architectural practice, how are you going to get projects? The way you get projects is good relationships with people and how you make your business run in a good way for a long term is by having repeat relationships with those individuals. You don't just completely cut them off every time you finish the project. The way in which these huge architectural companies work is by having these repeat relationships and people feeling like there's a good team who've all come in from different entities. So it works from such a big structure to also a very, very small one when you're like within that cog as well. And I think that's one thing within business that I've learned a lot is really that everyone has different skills. And I think the main thing really is that you've not failed if it doesn't work. I mean, a lot of people wouldn't have even tried, which I think is the other thing as well, which I think people often forget. Yeah. And um, when we were chatting earlier, you mentioned how you deal with imposter syndrome. Would you like to share that with our listeners as well? Because I think it was great what you said that you're always going to have to deal with it. I think one of the things that I probably never even realized about myself was that I definitely question myself far too much. And I think I really think about those things a lot more these days because I am massively a perfectionist. And I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing, but I do think that sometimes you start to question things far too much and doubt yourself far too much. And I think having fear is obviously a natural thing. And I actually think it's a very good thing because listening to your gut and knowing what the right moves are for you and kind of where you want to place yourself and having a close connection to that feeling is a very, very good thing because you'll probably end up in the right place in the end or at least move at the right times. So I think I've almost reflected a little bit more about the self-doubt thing and just thought actually sometimes 
you know, if you've got that kind of like self-doubt or that just doubting feeling over and over and over again, you can kind of think about it a little bit more and think, well, actually, is this really right for me completely? Because if you reverse out of it, not saying that if, that you shouldn't work hard at things, because I definitely think that things never come easy and you really should work very hard. And obviously there's a process of anxiety and sort of doubt and, you know, massive celebrations when things complete and you're quite proud of what you've done. But I do think that sometimes you have to lean in a little bit more and think if that sort of underlying feeling is just there constantly, then you kind of think, well, actually, you don't have to be sort of sitting there. You can actually do something slightly different. So I think I've realized that that feeling is actually more of a positive one than I ever thought it to be. Whereas, you know, when you're nervous about doing a presentation or something, that feeling of like a high afterwards is incredible. When Whereas if you didn't have that fear or sort of like challenge beforehand, then you wouldn't get that level of excitement and feeling that you've achieved something because it would just be completely flat all the time. So I must say that like taking a chance, taking a risk is almost quite an exciting process because that's where the fear and the self-doubt kind of comes from. And maybe you'll make a terrible choice, but actually at least you've kind of tried. And I think that's one of the things that I've learned a little bit more, I think, about how to deal with these situations and not actually be, to be worried about like talking to other people about it because if you kind of bottle up as well, it's often very you realise that actually everyone else is probably thinking the same thing about themselves as well. Yeah, definitely. I, I can relate. And it's it's really like to have compassion for yourself, right? And then face mm. your your fears, your struggles and, you know, in a controllable, manageable way so that you can grow to the next opportunity. Well, I also feel like, does anyone really, really know? Someone, like someone who's hugely successful or someone who maybe isn't so much, did they ever know that that was going to happen to them? Absolutely not, really. And did they ever know where they were going to end up, all these things? And I think if you actually knew those things, it'd be so boring. <laughs> and I think that's why, like, I was always striving for the next thing, striving for the next thing. And actually, sometimes it's kind of like, oh, actually, that could be really cool if I did this or if I did that. Or, oh, God, I'm really scared about doing that. Maybe I'll actually try a little bit more or kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And I also really love it when you have those opportunities that you have to kind of reach for. But they're like so exciting that you know you just have to try because like yeah. it's exactly what you want to do. And then like you work really hard towards it and you get somewhere as a result, even if it's not that one. Like all that pushing of yourself really does account to something. Yeah. And then you kind of reflect back and you think, oh, my, like I can't believe it. I can't believe I did that. Or like even for me, uh, obviously developing a podcast and things. And I didn't even know how to plug a microphone in a couple of years ago before I actually started doing it. And you think, now I know how to edit a podcast. And I taught myself how to do it. And I was so proud that I'd managed to kind of curate this thing. I mean, I am literally the least techie person ever. And I think even learning kind of those types of things and having that as a skill that I can kind of pick up and drop whenever I want to is really quite an exciting thing, really. That's actually what I love about architecture is that you have an idea and then you iterate through it and then you bring something out in the end that, you know, you couldn't think of day one, but through the process, you've created something. But now everyone does that in different creative ways, like, for example, creating a podcast. And I love that you just have to grow and look back and then see where you came from. I think so, too. And I think you could find that you really, really love that sort of aspect or I've really developed over time realizing that I love photography just because it's like a moment in time that's captured and it's actually somebody's memory and actually myself me and you for example could 
go somewhere, I could take a photograph and our feeling of that space and that environment could be very, very different to each other because our memory, maybe you were facing one way and I was facing the other. And I think I realized uh, that I have a real passion, not necessarily that I'm a good photographer, but for photography as like a medium of presenting yourself and representing yourself. And I probably didn't really know that like 10 years ago. And uh, that was something that I found was a real passion. And I may never become a photographer, but maybe I, if I learned into that, I could sort of do that for a little bit. Or I, I don't know, or you could at least kind of bring that into what you're doing now. And it could be a way that you can make what you're doing slightly more unique. There's always different things to kind of strive for. And I think the problem that I have a lot of the time is that I'm always like striving for the next thing or like doing the next thing, whereas I never sit back and kind of reflect on maybe where I'm at, which I probably should do a little bit more to be honest. I love your outlook, the way that you approach life, actually. So how do you Thanks. share this <laughs> with your either the creatives or the businesses that you work for with? If not now, then why? I think it's really like uh, a mix. I mean, basically, I have for the sort of young creatives or not even necessarily young, but people who are seeking a change and want to build a bit more confidence in what they're doing. It's all been about trying to support people in different ways, but I wouldn't say that it was ever like a concrete thing of you should do this to become this because I don't think that would have helped me actually and I kind of think that actually people should be allowed to do their own thing or follow their own path a little bit more so I guess what I'm trying to teach people is like like go with your gut a little bit like I think if you have a bit of belief in yourself although every opportunity isn't available to everybody and I know that much more so now and I was very lucky to be able to go to university and things but I think having that self-belief and the sort of motivation there can open so many more doors to you. And I think that's essentially what I'm sort of trying to get out there as a bit of a message, really. Have any advice for people when they're in that position where they just feel very uncomfortable in their skin? Or maybe it's like sometimes it's something you want to do, but it's just so new that it's just very <laughs> awkward feeling. I honestly think that my advice really generally is to try and go out networking because we can't really speak to somebody in the office about how you're feeling particularly unless it's like a good friend in the office or something. I think you have to allow your thoughts to kind of sit within yourself rather than voicing them where you work. So I think that's often not very professional and also you never really get, get the answers that you want to kind of help you because it's always very one-sided. I think that actually dependent on where you're located for me London has been incredible because there's so many things that you can go to where you can meet creatives and things and I think that's where I've been quite lucky but I would always say try and go to some networking things on your own I went to like hundreds on my own when I first entered the industry and it was so embarrassing so awkward I was very often standing by the wall because I didn't have anyone to talk to after a while you start to get to know people and I think if you go in a group you'll never be able to discover who you are and who you want to be and I think that it will take one conversation with one person that may completely change your outlook and maybe will end up with an opportunity that would really help you so I'd say rather than sort of dwelling on things sitting around and worrying and wondering I think getting out there and speaking to people in the same world as you but perhaps in a different position to you may actually be really helpful especially if they're more broad because you may find that you're an architect, but actually you're really interested in the sort of technical aspects and that, or maybe BIM or like the 3D visualization aspects or, you know, things like that. And if you speak to somebody who's doing those things right now, that may help you a lot, or it maybe even will help you decide not to do something. Like a 
you have any good questions to approach people or to start a conversation that are not so typical? I often think that like, you know, when you go to a networking event or something like that, I feel like just talk to people about who they are. Because I think obviously you ask people kind of where they work, or what they do or something like that. But the way that like genuinely, like I, I mean, it's probably the same for you, but you spend so much more of your life in the office or in your working environment. It kind of becomes your life to a certain extent. And I think actually the people that I've connected with deeply for like forever are really great friends of mine. And to be honest with you, I don't really care about what work they're doing. I really care about whether their dog is okay or like, you know, things like that. I think that my advice would be to go and completely be yourself and maybe be ready to actually tell people about what your favorite music artist is or, you know, more depth to kind of like the conversations. So maybe asking things like that rather than like actually kind of throw people off a little bit, ask them about their holiday or like something that will, you will connect with them on a completely different level to purely just business. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Like, so be honest, ask things you would actually want to know about a person. (laughs) Yeah, um, that's kind of how I feel about it. Like, I think you have to really actually like somebody and what what they're about rather than specifically kind of, obviously there's certain instances where maybe you wouldn't ask like a client whilst you're walking around one of their buildings or something where they went on their holidays. Or maybe you would, to be fair, I probably would actually. Yeah. How about yourself? I'd be very interested to know about whether you would, what you would kind of advise, because I know you've had a very interesting kind of background yourself and like, seems like you're very well connected and very good (laughs) at talking to people. So I have very mixed feelings because I would not necessarily be the person who's out in a, like a networking event asking people about things. But what I do really like is actually, like you said, getting to know people, actually. I used to be so stressed out in architecture that I didn't care about people's lives. They'd be like, okay, <laughs> what are the answers? I think when you're young, you just worry and stress so much about work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And also if you're on deadline, I care about like getting my work done. So now like I actually do like to get to know people. And that's one of my favorite things about leaving architecture is the amount of people I've gotten to know. I'm like a very open person, but I guess I kind of need a reason to to have a conversation first and then I'll like share anything and totally be engaged and want to know about you. So I guess for me, I don't know exactly how you break that ice or establish some kind of common ground. I think that's the thing. I think you just got to go and just be yourself. I think like often you go and you have, you feel like you've got to pretend that you've been in the industry for 20 years, but actually for me, I'd meet someone who's straight out of university and their knowledge of tech or even just anything, it can be so much deeper than actually mine. Obviously, as you grow within an industry, you learn a lot of business aspects. But there's a huge amount of things that a lot of people who are very young, who are just entering into something have to offer. And I think that knowing that you're walking into the room as an equal with everybody else in there, even if they are your boss or even if they are like different levels, I think obviously you have to have a huge amount of respect for what people have achieved and what they've done. But that's not to say that you don't have a value as well and that you can kind of offer something to the table. And maybe one of the other things I would say is that if you're really nervous about kind of going into a networking space, maybe ask a question that you actually have a great answer for. So because the the likelihood is that if you're starting a conversation based on one thing, like, I don't know, if you ask someone about their holiday and you've not been on holiday for six years, it's not a great place to start because as soon as they kind of ask you back about where you've traveled, you say nothing, um, which is a bit of a breakdown of conversation. Whereas if you have something interesting on certain topics, which obviously really is where you're probably going to end up steering towards anyway. 
Yeah, thank you so much for these uh, tips. I think it really reframes networking in a really human way. So ask questions about things you care about or can offer some kind of value back or some interest back. And then it's really about getting to know another person. Don't think about it. I'm supposed to be networking or I need to create an opportunity out of this. It's really like, you know, get to know a person for who they are. I think so too. And I think going into any kind of networking thing, more thinking about who you can help rather than what you can gain is probably the best thing as well because you'll probably end up with much richer connections with people when you haven't gone in wanting something. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. And I think like, I I get that on LinkedIn sometimes, like when people reach out, they're like, how can I help you? Like, who can I connect you to within my network? LinkedIn is great. Yeah. Like during COVID, it was like, it was great. Like, I mean, obviously COVID was a, is, is a horrific time, but I found that there were so many people who are hugely high profile, who never have time ever. And for the first time they had time. And I was getting responses from these people that I could not believe were even speaking to me. And you think it's, you have to kind of pick your times and things. And you think actually, maybe this person doesn't have time to talk to me right now. But actually, maybe if I email them or send them something on LinkedIn, there'll probably be loads of people who never reply because they're too busy. Uh, but that's not to say that someone who you really value a response from is not going to get back to you at some point. Yeah, absolutely. Lots of good tips here. Tell me, what does success look like to you? Oh, this is like an exciting one because I feel like success to me is like complete creative freedom. And I think that I often was like, trying to get myself sort of stuck within like four walls where I felt really comfortable and like I actually realized time after time that that's where I feel kind of a little bit trapped and a little bit where I don't have the ability to kind of flex and move and like see different opportunities and connect with different people and I think that having freedom is much more valuable than anything than like your wage than I mean obviously you've got to have a certain level of funds to be able to live in a certain way but I do think that for me at least total freedom is the most valuable thing that you can have and that for me is the most successful that you can become if you get to a point where you're really happy in what you're doing and you feel like you can move and be yourself completely um, I think that's when you've won really to be honest and that's what I would say success is I think if you ended up in a really high profile role and you weren't happy and yeah you're being paid a lot of money for it but actually what is more valuable I think that balance and health and freedom to be able to be yourself and be creative and connect with the right people or have a conversation or those types of things get out there when you want to if you don't want to you don't have to do that type of thing I think that's where I would say success is or at least that's what I would be striving for and would see as an absolute win if I could have sort of tranquility and freedom and the ability to kind of move and then how about yourself I'd be very interested to know your response um actually I would say it's very similar to what you said You know, I feel like we chase titles, like as an architect, you think you're supposed to, I don't know, (laughs) become a project manager, work on a project yourself, like lead a project. And then there's, it's all work related, right? But I'm actually really enjoying my life right now where I get to take ideas, bring them out into life and, you know, have time to appreciate all the things I like in life. I actually, I will say I'm a little busy. I would like to be like a little more explorative (laughs) with my creative interests but I also feel like I can do that for myself to be empowered enough to want something have an idea and then pursue it I mean 
Yes, that's amazing. And not and, scared to do that as well. I think that's where you're, yeah. you're one is if you're not and you do believe in your gut and your instinct. And I think that if you get to that point, that's a great place to be. Yeah, to trust in yourself, to love what you do and, and like to take the time to enjoy it for yourself too. Taking the time is the difficult one, I think. Oh, of course. I think you're kind of always like running this like race uh, all the time, which is where I fall down a lot is that I never... I'm never like even standing still for a minute to kind of reflect on what I'm doing right then. I'm always looking forwards. Yeah. And it's actually funny. Like I, I almost wouldn't call this success because success feels like you have to be like ambitious and chase a lot of things. But actually my goal is to just have what I want and be happy with that. And I would call that successful, but I feel like it's also a different understanding than how I would describe successful. I think we're often taught that success is being rich and I think that there's different ways of being rich and I know that sounds really floaty but obviously you know for me being financially free I think it would be it's like a, it's obviously something that everyone is striving for because you obviously want to be at a certain level but equally I think that that comes at a huge cost a lot of the time and I think that often reflecting on kind of where you want to sit and what actually truly makes you happy and kind of what you want from your life in a whole sense because I think I don't know about you but I think that most people that I know who studied architecture didn't necessarily do it for the money or for the kudos or anything like that it's because they're passionate about something and I think that if if you get to a point in your career in your life that you're really passionate about what you're doing I think then you're very successful no matter whether or not you're just an architectural technologist and you've never moved out of that space and you're feeling like you should do you shouldn't see yourself as just something if you're truly happy and feel successful in what you're doing then that's right to you and I think that often that's where people find themselves I don't know like jumping for a role purely because that's basically what everyone else is kind of telling you to do and I think that that's where the whole trust your gut thing comes from because you will find your own kind of success and where you want to place yourself if you actually listen to it whereas there's obviously a lot of like outside noise as well going on that kind of tells you that you need to chase all of these other things that maybe are not actually relevant to you or maybe they were and they're not anymore or you know that type of thing. I would argue that it's even harder to create a life that you describe or that you create because it's really I mean people follow paths because it's kind of easy to follow a list of things and check them off. But to put yourself out there and create something that is unique to you that you're putting like all your effort into is definitely a different type of hard. I 100% agree. And I think that that's where like, I always reflect back and like, I'm so pleased that I studied architecture because there's so many different elements that really excite me about it. And a lot of my great friends are also architects. And Obviously, when I sit down with them, we'll talk about what they're doing and it really excites me. I find it really interesting. But equally, I'm very pleased that that's not necessarily what I'm doing right now because I've kind of find my way. But it doesn't mean that what they've done is kind of wrong. It's just actually it's quite interesting almost just to see, you know, when you went to university with a group of people, if you look like, I don't know, on LinkedIn or if you're still connected with them like personally and talk to them all the time, actually sitting down with those people and being like, oh, my God, I don't know any of them who are all doing the same thing. There's actually like a couple of my friends who I see all the time who we're in the same industry and everything. We went to university together, but there's so many people who are doing so many different things. Some not even creative at all. And they've gone into business or like different things like that. And I think that's where architecture for me is a very unique subject because 
it can take you there's so many different paths that you can go on which often is a little bit overwhelming really so that, I think that's the thing that you have to kind of deal with it a little bit more <laughs> we have now come to a great point where I can ask you how would you oh, describe okay. an architect in your own words I would describe an architect and I don't know quite what, whether the, the translation is the same in the US as it is in the UK but we would say like a GP so like a general practitioner doctor and obviously you go to them with your problem <clears throat> and I kind of see an architect as being a bit like a GP like you know a little bit about everything and then you kind of pass them on to like the specific person who does all the like little elements on different things like the electrics or different things like that and I would say that that's how I would describe an architect is kind of having such a broad skill set in so many different aspects and actually I think that that's why the whole conversation that we're having here is that it's so important and such an exciting career to have found yourself in because it will be the door opener to so many different things if you want to take them whereas certain industries don't have all of those doors available to you you can specialize in anything which is amazing I think that's my little summary of being an architect which probably doesn't really answer the question at all but I just think you're a generalist and that gives you so many opportunities and then deciding on those opportunities is where people may struggle but it's exciting yes I like how you put it before where you described it as the backbone um, or a skeleton which is like how the body is held up so very crucial yeah I 100% see it as like the backbone, like the skeleton of what has built everything that I've done. And I think that if I hadn't have done architecture as my degree and as my initial part of my career, then I wouldn't be where I am now. But then even if I look at it, I haven't really drawn it. I mean, actually one thing that I have drawn is that I'm uh, renovating a camper van and I did all of my joinery drawings, which I haven't done any drawings in quite some time. And I think, thank God I've got that skill set. <laughs> so yeah, it comes in handy from time to time. Yeah, and actually, if I continue with that thread, so it sounds like being an architect is giving you the tools to make all of your endeavors and dreams come true. I would say so, yes. <laughs> I love that. I'm, and I believe that too. Yeah, I do as well. I think that there's so many opportunities and I think that anyone listening to this, the main issue that you're going to have to deal with is having too many issues and like opportunities available to you. And uh, I don't think that's necessarily a huge issue, really, in, on the grand scheme of things. Hey, everyone, it's Aaron from Out of Architecture. If you find these stories inspiring and are looking for guidance, clarity, or just need someone to talk to about where you are in your career, please know that we offer 30-minute consultations to talk about what may be next for you. If you're interested, head to outofarchitecture.com scheduling to book some time with us. Hey everyone, it's Jake from Out of Architecture. We love hearing your stories, but we know there's more out there that we've still yet to experience. If you or someone you know would be a good fit for the podcast and has a story about taking their architecture skills beyond the bounds of traditional practice, we'd love to hear it. Send us an email at tangents at outofarchitecture.com. Thanks for listening to our podcast. New episodes every two weeks. See you then.